0: Shit! That shit So step on it because we're talking about the.
1: Nerd shit. I'm Sam Wilson, I'm Zach Schneider and I'm Liz Tory nerd Shit is the podcast where we talk about all your favorite nerdy movies and series and do deep dive spoiler heavy discussions on them
0: we're going to talk about all the things that make them work and all the
2: things that make them suck
1: we're also going to handle disagreements in a respectful
2: non-toxic way all the while taking everything with a healthy dose of humor
0: after all it's just entertainment everything doesn't have to be so serious Did you guys see that they're doing, like, some kind of musical remake of Mean Girls? Have you guys seen this? (laughs) Yes. Like, okay, I'm, like, I'm really confused about this, because... I had heard about this, like, I I, I listened to uh, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey's podcast, Office Ladies, and I heard Jenna Fisher saying that she was playing the mom in, like, a new musical of Mean Girls, but I had thought what it was was just one of those, like, filmed stage musicals, like what they did with Hamilton on Disney+, where it's just the show, like, on stage but they just filmed it. I thought that that was what this was going to be when I first heard about this, but then I I saw a trailer for it in front of the Marvels, and it looks like it's just a movie that's a remake (laughs) of Mean Girls already. So (laughs) Yep, and they're singing with Tina Fey. And they're singing, and Tina Fey's in it, and Tim Meadows is in it.
1: Yeah, the teachers came back. So I think the most confusing part of this for me is that when I first the first trailer I saw did not actually make it clear it was a musical at all and so the entire time I was thinking why is this be, this is the same movie why Why are we doing this and then when I went to go see the Marvels that trailer actually did contain snippets of the musical scenes and I'm like okay I get it now but still kind of why but at least it's not just like a complete total exact reason remake which would have really had me questioning my sanity there
0: yeah it's just like okay so we're just gonna remake this like i I guess it's coming up on being a 20 year old movie at this point but even still it's a 20 year old movie and like doing it the same with, with with some of the same actors still telling the same story it's like just yeah it's a little odd you know
2: <laughs> i'm just wondering if it's if it's the same characters and we're just seeing different high schoolers so it's the same teachers we're just seeing them where they're at now
0: uh based on the trailer it seems to be a director it seems to be the same story with the same characters just, just okay oh, yeah. yeah
1: okay i know that um yeah still has regina george as the OG mean girl queen of the school type thing yeah exactly okay so just
0: like maybe i'm so wrong maybe i'm just wrong (laughs) (laughs) well it would to me it would be even weirder if they just said hey let's do a like a sequel to mean girls all these years later but all of a sudden it's a musical now yeah like that would just be where it's like wait why 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 are we suddenly in a musical reality now it's like okay like I, I could reconcile it a more. It's like okay, so we're doing a remake of it that's now a musical. They're doing that with Color Purple too. They're they're remaking Color Purple and they're doing it as a musical. But that that's also been longer since the original. It so has. I I feel like it. it, it I, there's a little bit more of a precedent for that, for in my opinion. But they could remake the Color Purple
2: every five years, and I will not complain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought you were about to say they could remake the Color Purple every five years, and you would not see it. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> I probably wouldn't, but, you know, unless they did, like, this year we're doing The Color
2: Purple, except it's sci-fi. Yeah. What? The color yeah, and there's aliens landing.
0: What? This like it takes place in a
1: medieval setting. <laughs> and then you see the purple people leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm there. Look, when I decided to write this script, I didn't actually know what the color purple was about, and so I wrote something (laughs) very different, just based on the title. God damn it! (laughs) Yes. No, that, that would be me. Is like,
0: because I've never seen the original. It's like, I guess it's a book. I never read the book, but it's just like, all right, it's about, I, I guess the color purple, like the actual color of purple has something to do with something. I watched the trailer for the new one. I, I think I've seen two trailers for the new one. I'm still like, why is this called the color purple? I guess I should probably watch one of the versions of this to
1: find out. But it's just like... I feel like <laughs> if we're doing it that way, we just need to get it to Pixar. They've already done, what if elements had emotions? <laughs> What if emotions had emotions? What if colors had emotions? Yeah. All I'm
2: saying is Sesame Street has upped their production value. The color purple.
0: Yes. This movie brought to you by the color purple. There was a great uh, clip I saw. We talked about how much we like Elizabeth Banks, especially in Hunger Games yes. and all that. But she, but she right. had this speech at the Oscars where she was trying to make like this, like this big you know uh, uh, feminist like point whatever and like and like and, and you know we're all f- like I'm a feminist and whatever and like I, I respect that but she was doing this thing where she was calling out Steven Spielberg where she was saying like look Steven Spielberg I love you but you know you have never ever made a movie in your career with a female protagonist look it up people I'm right and someone from the audience yells out the color purple and she's like oh yeah I forgot about that one And it's just, like, it's just so funny because like She's like making this big like stance. It's like, okay, fucking oh fact check before you say something like that. <laughs> fucking fact check. Like, <laughs> God damn it! Why would you say look it up if you weren't even sure Exactly. She didn't. She clearly didn't look it up. That's the thing that's hilarious to me. It's like, ah, uh, oh Stupid. shit! I forgot about the color purple. Yeah. yeah okay. So, literally a movie with uh, two black female protagonists that seems more directed. Okay. <laughs> uh,
2: <yeah>. Damn it. <laughs> we still don't know if E.T. was a boy or a girl or a non-binary. I think
1: E.T. is just E.T. Oh, no.
0: Exactly!
1: I I just like to assume (laughs) that... Exactly! I like to assume that his species reproduces by budding, because the (laughs) alternative is that I have to think about that species having sex (laughs) and... (laughs) I I don't... That that conjures up some unpleasant mental images. (laughs)
0: Ouch. (laughs) It's like, after after he touches fingers with that one kid, E.T. is like, ah, I am pregnant with your child now. God damn
1: but, it. <laughs> it's like, oh, so you're saying we God should have it. let the police catch him because he was a predator? All right, okay.
0: <laughs> it's not a sex thing. It just like took some of his DNA. Oh no, maybe that's not better. <laughs> no, yeah,
1: he's not helping his case
0: here. <laughs> I am imbued with your clone.
2: There we go. That sounds better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Mark, I, Mark. I think he should have at least checked something off whenever he did touch the kid's blood like like to-do list he had things <laughs> that he had to collect
1: <laughs>
0: and then he added
2: Reese's Pieces down at the bottom
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you think that if you make a clone of someone's DNA is that kind of the same thing as a multiversal variant of that person or no? it could be but if you have hmm. sex with your clone is that masturbation or is it so d- you know but is that similar sing- about that question (laughs) yeah loki and sylvie and loki season two which we are going to go into loki season two so this is going to be a full spoiler discussion on season two of loki the mcu disney plus show so if you have not watched season two of loki go watch it just save this podcast come back to this podcast and listen to it so it's like controlling time exactly Mm -hmm. so yes spoilers are going to start here I like the fact that at the end of season one, they kind of made us think that Loki jumped into an alternate universe where Mobius doesn't know who Loki is. But in this, we actually are, are, it's revealed that Loki actually time skipped and went to a version of the past before uh, everyone in the TVA got their minds erased. Which makes more sense because I don't think that there's really a multiverse within the TVA because the TVA itself is constant within the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Right. So... What do you guys think about the way that they sort of addressed this, uh, that particular cliffhanger and the fact that, you know, it turns out we didn't have to like fully like reestablish the relationship between Loki and Mobius because he's just jumping back and forth between time.
1: Yeah. I like that it had us incredibly worried. And yet it also didn't feel like a cop out when we figured out what was going on because it's nice. We don't have to reestablish the whole Mobius Loki relationship because just being able to continue from where it is and where it left off was already really strong, so I'm glad we don't have to try and redo the whole thing. I'm glad that it didn't erase everything that was going on or have to have Loki start all the way from scratch, but it still led to some intrigue, Um, still leads to some intrigue of where this is going of what's going on. It's not a total cop-out while also not being the worst-case scenario.
2: It was a great excuse to get back to where they needed to get to so that they can continue to tell the story and then you know because eventually they go back before that time anyway and loki is learning that there are just some things that have to happen and i think this is a great awakening of coming in thinking you knowing where you're at thinking you know what's going on and then they twist it pull the rug right out from under you like they do in every episode of this season and be like nah that's still not yet but wait there's more
0: <laughs> yes exactly you yeah, know I, I agree like they managed to do a thing where they, they, they still are able to continue off from season one, because I do think that that's stronger than them starting over from scratch again. I think it would have just been frustrating and not in a good way, but they're so they're able to find a way to still continue. But they made that ending of season one still matter because the fact that Loki is time skipping because a integral part of the plot of season two. Yes. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just something where they, they threw it away. Like, all, no. all of it, all of it was important. So I, I was actually very satisfied with the way that they uh, picked up that cliffhanger and I like the fact that they didn't leave us in the dark for too long about it. Like they they, they kept they kept the ball rolling, yes. they kept the story moving. I did kind of like the fact that every time Loki time skips, M- Mobius is always like, God, that just looks horrible. It's like you're being born or you're dying <laughs> or I <don't> would <laughs> I
2: I'll be honest, uh about halfway through about halfway through, I uh know it was up to the la- last week, I threw out a Loki season two sucks just to see what kind of feedback I'd get back on it. And everybody was positive about it. Mm-hmm. So lots of people were enjoying it. Yeah,
0: because it's, it's, it's a good season, you know? Yeah, like, is, did you actually feel that way, Liz? Or did you just say it shit I, again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I said that shit just to see what,
2: what responses I would get. Because when we did Ahsoka, we couldn't, they didn't release a lot of things about Ahsoka and we didn't get a lot of feedback about it. So I wanted to test the waters and see what people were feeling about this one, about yeah. Loki. Especially it, with everybody saying that Marvel is is tanking and, and it's the Titanic and everybody jumps ship.
0: Yeah, that's something that I do at some point wanna have. Like maybe we can do like mm. a live stream on our Instagram because I, I wanna have a, a, a discussion about what our thoughts on the state of the MCU, especially in the wake of both this movie and the Marvels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because there's there's a there's a lot of people like there's a lot of like clickbait articles out there, but even even by some is. reputable publishers. They're basically saying it's like, well, with the MCU dying, what's next? It's like, who the fuck said the MCU is dying? Like, exactly. You know, like, it's like, still happening? It's like a... <laughs> and now everybody's saying it. But I mean,
2: they're saying forty-seven million dollars for the Marvels this past weekend is a-, a bad, horrible. It's the it's the least amount we've ever made. But forty-seven million dollars for a first weekend is really fucking good. And in-, in the films, you just got to expect to make the
0: money back over time. Mm-hmm. I-, I have two thoughts about that like it's it's not a bad box office for the first weekend but it is it is low for the mcu it's definitely low for the mcu and it is also low given the movie's budget um i do think it's possible that the marvels could have some decent legs considering the fact that like i think that the audience word of mouth has actually been pretty positive about it the the critic reviews have been in the middle they They haven't really been good or bad but like the i think the audience responses has actually been pretty solid when it comes to it as of you know when, when this releases um we're recording this before the uh release of, of Ballad of, of Songbirds and Snakes which is the, yeah. the like I'm mentioning that movie because I feel like that's gonna be like a big box office test as, as far as mm-hmm. like I think so too if that movie ends up being real again I know by the time this comes out the movie will be out already but if that movie ends up being really really good I could see people kind of jumping ship from the marbles and, and, and going over to that and that movie could actually spell some big trouble for the Marvels If Ballad of Song vs. Six is just all right or kind of bad, even then, that could actually bode well for the Marvels. And I'm not rooting against Hunger Games because I love the Hunger Games too, and I honestly want both movies to succeed. But yeah, right,
2: yeah, it's a good test though. Because if if it does
0: very well, they'll get sequels, if it doesn't do well, that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm worried when it comes to the Marvels. I will say, I do think that it's a good move that right now, the only MCU movie slated for 2024, they've actually pushed several movies. Mm-hmm. The only MCU movie slave for 2024 is Deadpool 3, yeah, which is mm-hmm. interesting because that's also a crossover between Fox Marvel and Disney Marvel. But I think that it's actually a good move because A, I think Deadpool 3 is a movie that a lot of people are really going to be looking yes. forward to. Right. And if that movie's good, that movie's going to do fucking great. Yes. But I also think that there's something to be said about even MCU fans are getting a little bit of MCU fatigue right now. Yes, mm-hmm. And there's 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 a feeling of, like, I I still like all the movies, and I still watch all the movies and all the shows and everything, but I gotta admit, it's not really exciting anymore when an MCU movie comes out, because there's so many of them now. Like, I used to get excited for them, and it doesn't really feel exciting now, because there's so many of them that just come out every year, between Mm. the shows and the movies, and it's just... It doesn't feel special anymore.
2: That's why they're taking a break because they can rely on Deadpool to carry high. And what that's going to do is people are going to start missing Marvel a little bit. And then once they start missing Marvel a little bit, Deadpool will come out and then there'll be another break so that there's a break in between projects and we'll miss it a little bit. So it will feel a little special.
0: I think we need to. I think we do need to miss it a little bit. You know, to be honest, I I think they should have even taken more of a break immediately after Endgame game than they did i think maybe after end game they should have taken like a year off because that was such a good ending it was like maybe take a year or two off and then start releasing shows and start releasing movies again you know maybe the one exception being the spider-man movies just because i feel like they gotta make those old tom holland still young you know that's that's the only thing but everything everything else i think they could have taken a break on he's got such a baby face he's still got a good 84 years where he can play (laughs) spider-man 84 years oh my god he's gotta be he's gotta be the old lady from Titanic he's still gonna be he's still gonna be playing a high schooler (laughs) (laughs) it's been 84 years (laughs) (laughs) he's still making Nathan Drake prequels they're not even caught up to the timeline of the the video games at this point (laughs) You know, I of course a few months ago we re- did a review of last year's best picture winner Everything Everywhere All At Once, and we also have done a review of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And I think that the commonality between those two reviews and this season of Loki is whenever you add Kehui Kwan, it is always a fucking win. You yes. never miss when you add him, and this character of uh, you know Ouroboros uh, Ob as he's often referred to on the show, I think was the a breath of fresh air that the show needed not not that the show the, the characters on the show were bad by any means but i think that it needed that breath of fresh air uh with with with, with with ob i think he's
1: such a great character looking at his lines he sounds like on paper the script of the character ob could have been a complete snarky genius it asshole Except he's played by Kei Huy Kwan, so it's a totally different energy that he brings that is just yes. fantastic the whole time. He still brings that
2: childlike quality of wonder with this character, with Obi. And when he puts his mind to something, it's going to happen. You know, I, I, I fucking love him throughout this whole this whole bit, because whenever he's on screen, you can't really take your eyes off of him. Having him on screen with with Jonathan Majors was just fucking genius.
0: Yeah, I just love how enthusiastic he is, and like you know, even his first scene when Mobius comes in, he's like, "Oh, hi, Mobius, how's it going?" And Mobius doesn't remember who he is. It's like it yeah. turns out it was like seven hundred years ago, and Mobius <laughs> was the last person to come and stop by it was seven hundred years ago. It's like yes. it's like is the member of the TVA who's actually like one of the most important members of the TVA, but. Yes. <laughs> nobody fucking remembers him he's, he's just in the so i i, I just but i i just love that i i think that a is great world building for the tva it really expands out the tva having this character here but he's also just a great character he's just he he's great comic relief he's a breath of sunshine mm-hmm. you know it, it's like like a lot of the characters on this show are it can't a, a number of them can have a, a, a very kind of cynical nature in different ways but i love the fact that You're right, Liz, it's that childlike wonder that Mm -hmm. Kehui Quan brings to it, and... It is a well-written character, but I think completely brought to life in such a vibrant way by Kehui Kwan to the point where I, I honestly Obi is one of my favorite things about the the, the second season. I, I think that I think just, he just comes in and just steals the show immediately.
2: You also don't know how much is Obi and how much is Victor Timely in this creation of the Loom and and the TVA. You know, mm-hmm.
0: well, yeah, is that is that chicken and egg pair? Paradox, which yeah, I think that, right you know, name. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Loki as a show definitely goes into a lot of that, you know, yes, yeah, OB's name is also in Mobius's name too. the Mobius strip. Mm-hmm. It's like, but in a show like this you can really get into the weirdness and Mm -hmm. it kind of goes into you know the the, like the original variant version of OB that we meet where he's talking about science fiction and he's talking about you know science is all about the how but fiction is all about the why Mm -hmm. like this show is a lot more interested in the why than it is about the how and we don't need to explain the how because the how is is incomprehensible to us yes we don't have to understand it the writers of the show don't have to understand it they just understand what the core emotional uh, heart of the show is you know because that's what's ultimately important i don't have much to say about hunter x5 slash brad other than i enjoyed how douchey he is and i i also just enjoyed loki getting to embrace a little bit more of his his past villainous Mm -hmm. side in both the capture and interrogation of this character
1: one of the things i like the most about it is the realization that that was mobius's idea yeah. Loki was genuinely willing to try and do better and be better, but was also totally willing to go with Mobius' plan. It's like, hey, yeah, we can tear- we can uh, torture him a little bit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they, they had a good dynamic and he, he was... Surprisingly effective as a foil to Loki, despite being a relatively minor character, he is just that utter, utter douche at every job.
0: And and that that narcissistic streak, yeah, yes. that's
1: shared between him and Loki. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I love
2: the moment where he's talking about going to go get them drinks, whiskeys for everyone, and he starts to walk off, and Mobius is like, "Oh well, that that'll be great. A little drink." He's running,
0: isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, I love that. (laughs) I love the deadpan delivery of that. It's just hilarious. Yeah. (laughs)
2: That definitely describes
0: that character
2: throughout the rest of the season. That's who he is <laughs>
0: the snake. What'd you guys think of Sylvie's storyline this season and her like wanting to live a normal life and you know just being very happy working at, at McDonald's in 1980s Americana?
2: I think Sylvie was the voice of what we're going through right now. Sylvie's like, I just want to live. Mm -hmm. I just want to be left alone. I just want to do whatever I want to do. And I think that her storyline was fucking genius.
1: I think the specific time and place felt a little odd for the character. Just just like, why McDonald's in America, of all reasons? Like, Mm -hmm. you think Norway or Asgard or any, but no, okay. Also the timing, 1982. 1982, yeah. But I, I do get it. In our unconscious, I think that a lot of the U.S. tends to come back to the 80s and the 90s as this kind of period of innocence where we're still years off from the world really starting to go to hell in a handbasket. Things (laughs) used to be bad. Things will be bad eventually. But in that little brief span of time, things were actually okay and kind of bright and clever and cheerful. And there was an optimism to it. and. So even though it doesn't make sense much for Sylvie to want to specifically go into 1980s Americana, it absolutely makes sense for that to be a place where someone who had experienced so much trauma and just wanted to live would go and live. So that did make a lot of sense. And I like the fact that she directly addresses that she has sort of high-minded ideals. She does want free will for everyone, but she is a variant of Loki and she is selfish. She did just want to have her own actual goddamn life.
2: <laughs> is that so much?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in the 80s though. Mm-hmm.
0: I actually bought even the specific choice of the character because like, I mean, A, that just happened to be where she landed and I, I think she might've been happy almost anywhere, but it's just one of those things where I, I could actually see her wanting to get away from her past as much as possible and actually specifically choosing something really different from, like, having Norse area or whatever like that. Like, yeah. I just felt like it was just... This is someone who's spent her entire childhood and her entire life, like growing up in apocalypses to hide. And she's yeah. always been hunted. She's always been pursued. She just wants somewhere that's just simple and yeah. somewhere that's just safe. And I think that she she just happened to find somewhere that's like, this just feels safe. <laughs> and I think the specifics of what it was didn't really matter so much. It's just something where she could just live and she can feel secure yes. and mm-hmm. live a simple life. So I, I I bought the specifics of it for that reason. I just, you next time. My only thing about the Sylvie character is I feel like after that initial choice to, like, live a more simple life, I think that she did have good moments in the season sprinkled throughout. But given how integral she was in season two, I did feel in some ways that Sylvie fell a little bit on the wayside in season two. Yeah. They expanded the ensemble a lot in in season two and and even focused more on characters who were in season one. Uh, Characters like uh, Hunter B-15 or Casey who were in the first season but I feel like had more to do in this season but because of that I feel like characters like Sylvie who like Sylvie was kind of the co-lead of season one I feel like just kind of blended into just being another member of the ensemble yeah in in a lot of season two but she did still have really good moments again, sprinkled throughout the season. I think and she's going to replace Loki if there's a third season. If there's a third season, I actually strongly suspect that this might actually be the season, the series finale of Loki. I, but think I, so I too. do, yeah. I do also think that this season, because of the storyline of it, and I think that it, this probably was overall rightfully so. But because of where the storyline ends up, this season really focuses on Loki on yeah. mm-hmm. the on the Loki as played by Tom Hiddleston. Uh, whereas se- season one, I think, was actually kind of a co lead situation between Loki and Sylvie.
1: Yeah. And in some ways, I think the thing with the first season is that that was. Sylvie's major arc started and wrapped up, whereas for Tom Hiddleston, Loki, that was definitely half of his story, but it was the vast majority of Sylvie's story at the time. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's valid. Which I don't even think is necessarily a bad thing for Sylvie, because I still liked her showing up, and she did still have good moments in the ensemble, but you are right. She very much was not really the lead. I'm a co-lead in yeah. this season.
0: It would have been more disappointing if she just hadn't even shown up in this season or just had like a little cameo. Like I, I like that she was still part of that that team, ultimately, hmm. part of that group.
2: Yeah, I think they should have pruned her early, but I, I felt like she was needed at least for half the season. But I felt like they should have pruned her, especially when they were taking out people later on so fast. I felt like Sylvie should have went out for some reason at that time but I liked that they used her to get back at, at Renslayer because I felt like they were so antagonistic with each other. Hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: But they should have killed her off earlier. I I don't agree that they should have killed her off. I don't know. I, I, I think overall, just given the story that this season is telling, I think she was ultimately... There's a part of me that would have liked to have seen her have more of a story just because I, I I liked her so much in season one and she was such a co-lead in season one. But I also think Zach's right in the fact that her arc was largely told in season one. And I think that- It was. The story as uh, told by season two is really all about Loki.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I also disagree with the idea of I don't know. Like, I am not totally against character death, even for characters I really like. I just feel that there's something horribly unsatisfying about a character whose entire arc is about not being allowed to live, getting killed off to, what, serve some other person's story? That's not great. I I disagree on having her killed off at all. I, I think it is good that she got to have a life. My thought was that
2: the main three were taken apart so easily that she should have she should have been sent to the uh, wherever they go after they're pruned. Because when Renslayer wakes up after she's pruned, I thought that it would be really neat to have to see Sylvie and Renslayer work together in the afterlife to get back but i was thinking seasons ahead right
0: yeah I, I think that but that's kind of the problem is is you're thinking seasons ahead when as 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 i kind of said i kind of don't think there's going to be they're another season they're not going to make another season no, no they're not going to make another season i think season. given that like there are definitely threads from this show that i hope get picked up in other media within right. the MCU but as as a whole i think the story of loki has been very satisfying like the, the story it's, of the series it's done yeah. I think it's done. They basically done. Th- killed him off.
2: Yeah, they, they basically killed him. And they put him in a closet for when they need him.
0: I think yeah. all of the characters end in a satisfying way. I think. I think mm. overall, again, I I would have liked to see more done with Sylvie, but I still think that her character arc ended in, in a good place. I uh, like how yeah. they ended Mobius' storyline. Like, I think I think everything was actually very well wrapped up by the end of this. Where I I do agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think you know like two seasons isn't a, a super long run, but I think that there is is something to be said of, like, knowing what story you're telling and knowing mm. how long it's going to take to tell that story. And I think... And that's average. I think in the case of this show, it was two seasons. Yeah. I guess it depends on... It's weird with streaming now because, like, a lot of stri- with streaming, a lot of shows are a lot shorter than they used to be. Like, I feel like the average for like network TV used to be like five seasons. If it was a successful show, yeah. there were plenty of shows that that you know only got like a few episodes or only got like a season or whatever. But as far as successful shows go, I feel like five to seven seasons used to be pretty typical. That's successful, yeah. Right. With streaming now, it feels like it's more like. Maybe three to five for streaming shows. I still feel like two is on the low end. Most of these Marvel shows seem to be one and done seasons. So the fact that Loki yeah. got two seasons is, is actually unusual. But yeah, but we'll see if any of these other shows uh, end up actually having a season two or not. But this, this well. is the only one where they, they've announced a season two and, and released one. Uh, let's talk about Victor Timely. I, so they they kind of teased this character in a post credit scene of Ant-Man the Lost Quantumania. I was wondering if we were going to see, like, a bunch of different Kang variants. But no, in, in this particular season, it's just Timely, and then we get a scene of He Who Remains uh, as well. So I got to say... um, I thought Timely also actually had a really cool and interesting arc over the course of the season of being able to, you know, really find his courage and and Mm -hmm. be able to step up and and become the hero, you know, is a very, very eccentric, but a very entertaining character, I felt. I'm glad they left him alive in the end because of uh, there's Mm. so much more of the
2: character that I'd like to see of that Victor Timely.
1: Yeah, I like I like him quite a bit. I appreciate how many characters in a way parallel Loki in that he also starts as this sort of inveterate trickster. And I yes. at Loki's like, oh, yeah, you're just a, you know, you're just a con artist. Except it's Loki, so he's like, oh, you know, uh, so it's kind of appreciative. It's like, oh, you're a con artist. Oh, Secret handshake.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Game recognized game. Yeah, that nod. yeah oh, chaos
1: nod. and <laughs> Chaos nod. Just like Loki, <laughs> yeah. he genuinely develops and his speech about how he's not he remains, how he's not going to, he's going to make his own choices. I immensely love, I love that connection he has with Sylvie, who has that exact same problem, where she was pre- she was punished for something that she still doesn't even know what she did, if anything or even it was just something she was or what happened that caused her entire life to be ended.
0: Oh yeah, they, they actually haven't gone back to that. Uh, it's like, that, that was something that i thought was going to happen in season two was an explanation of what sylvie's nexus event is but i guess they're just leaving that up in the air which which might honestly be better to be honest yeah it's just leave that as something ambiguous just
1: realize that it no longer matters you just move forward for and i even like when you have miss minutes who has the again super creepy obsession god i love that character I love how her last line to him was meant as an insult. You'll never be him. And it's kind of not. It's kind of a happy thought. Yeah, she intended it as an insult, but yeah, no, it's a- that's
0: absolutely good. He like, was happy, he's, yeah. He, yeah. Did, he didn't want to become that Kang. The thing about this Victor
2: Timely is he never had a choice. So right. it was really scary. You think that the
1: Conqueror would have all these choices, but no. Do you think he was actually ever intended to become Kang or another version of He Remains? Or, as I'm more likely think he never actually was supposed to be that no this particular version of events this version of timely finding himself and not going down that same road is actually what he who remains wanted
2: yeah it's Hmm. it's fascinating and i'd love to see this victor timely go from project to project to project from here on out in marvel showing us something new even if it's just a peek. you know he's the person in the background that we really need to be watching He's the Thanos, but not the Thanos.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the reason I ask that is specifically because of He Who Remains' response to Loki time-slipping. Because he, as he said, had gone through this several different times before, his last words right after dying was see you soon I kind of get the impression that his entire plan based on his own time slipping was get Loki back in the scene and prevent Sylvie from stabbing him in the first place
2: he who remains is actually Palpatine in disguise
0: (laughs) I think that it's very possible that that was what (laughs) he who remains was hoping would happen but I also think that after the point where he no longer knows what's going to happen I think in some way I'm not going to say he doesn't care. I th- I think I think any any outcome to him is just kind of entertaining, you know. Yeah. Cuz like he like he knows that some version of him is going to be reborn in the multiverse. So it's yes. like it's, it's weird we playing the long game, but it's like you know it's like okay it's like you don't kill me you do kill me either one is entertaining to me that that's 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 how I always view
1: the the he who remains character personally but yes, absolutely yeah he's just been around so long and has been so alone that he is just waiting for any goddamn thing to happen that changes things up (laughs) exactly I love that his death is the one
2: moment where he decides that he needs to go back over and over and over again to try to change it even if he is just watching Mm -hmm. I, I don't think he found it entertaining at first i think he was just like oh shit and then he got to where he was entertained he just wanted to he was so tired he just wanted to Mm -hmm. see what would happen next well we found out he could have just stopped sylvia at any time yes he could have but he allowed the death to happen see you soon
0: and and that's also why i kind of say that is because like it's not so much preventing his own death i think the i think he just wants to see what how it turns out you know yeah
1: fair point Yeah.
2: This could be entertaining or it could be a shit show. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's going to be entertaining either way.
1: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. That scene where Miss Minutes, like, you know, like, quote unquote, professes her love for Kay. It's like, you know what it weirdly reminded me of? It's it's, it's, it's another scene that, like, is, isn't supposed to be creepy, but was always kind of creepy to me. It's like, remember the scene in Hook where Tinkerbell talks about how oh, she's yeah. in love with Peter Pan? Mm -hmm. The whole time it's like, I don't know why it reminded me of that. It's like,
1: it's like, this is like evil Tinkerbell energy that, that Miss Minutes has to me, you know? I think Tinkerbell (laughs) is slightly worse because she knew him as a baby. And I'm like, look, anyone you knew when they were a baby and you were not a baby, you shouldn't be thinking about like that. Just, uh yeah. (laughs) They they just kicked that in so that we would think about
2: AI, you know, play on our fears about AI. But I, I gotta be honest. I'm not worried about AI looking at me and falling in love with me. I mean, you know, I'm worried about AI going, oh God, we got to get rid of that fat fuck.
0: (laughs) even with everything that's going on like right now with ai and the, like all the debates and everything like i it, the, the whole idea of ai becoming you know yeah. evil or becoming insane that, that that's one what the stupid. oldest no well, i'm not gonna say it's stupid i'm just saying it's one of the oldest sci-fi tropes yeah, it's it been is. around forever
2: i'm gonna say it's stupid i just don't understand the fear of it but then again if something like that ever did happen i'm not one of the humans that would be like run for the hills i'd be like okay let's get this over with <laughs> <laughs>
1: (laughs) 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 do i have the energy to try and go through an apocalypse i'm not even saying am i strong enough to beat up the robots or the machines it's like do i want to spend the next 10 to 50 years of my life you know digging through garbage for cans of beans without a shower uh all right
2: (laughs) i'm in a situation where i can drive one minute and get a little debbie from the grocery store down the road And that's heaven for me. If I can't drive to the grocery store for one minute and eat my little pastries, then just kill me. Get get it yeah. out
0: <laughs> Honestly, I think we're a long way off from the singularity. Is is that what it's called when AI, AI yeah. becomes yeah. self-aware? singularity? I think way we're way off. I yeah. think I think like considering the fact that like what what they're calling AI is really just a plagiarism tool that can't even draw hands. Yes, I'm right. just it like
1: yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, like think, I think we're a long
0: ways off, but honestly. <laughs> <obviously.
1: laughs> I, I have no fear of this thing conquering the world. It can't even conquer basic scene compositions, so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It always makes me
2: giggle. So that's why I say it's it, the trope is stupid. But that's actually a good stupid because I do enjoy the AI scare, the technophobes. It's a lot of fun.
0: Hey. I, I did uh, thought, think it was interesting with, with the Renslayer storyline, the fact that she finds out that prior to a memory wipe, she actually was basically at Kang's right hand at one point. I thought that that was an interesting reveal. Of course, Kang, much like Sauron, does not share power. So... No. <laughs> Which tells
2: you in the past he's been abused or put in a situation where he was not going to come out alive, maybe? Because every time someone says something about partnering, he's like, no, I don't partner. And when he has the power, he's just like, no, I don't partner. And then he goes on and cons the guy, lets him buy his uh, invention. But then, you know, he kind
1: of... uh, There's a story there on why he will not partner. And to be fair, Victor himself does actually get better on that front and learns to... He does. You know, think of others as equals and partners up with Ouroboros happily. But... Yeah. Yeah, they fall in love with each other. Kang or he who remains clearly never had that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Jonathan Majors' performance as Victor Timely was really interesting. Like it was, it was, it was very over the it top, was. but it, but it actually, but it actually worked for me. Like it actually it was, did work yeah. for me. Yeah, like it was Shakespearean. It was beautiful. It was, yeah. His movement
2: and, and with the words, it was like he was doing a live painting. It was beautiful. Speaking of beautiful, I would like to see um, Ob and He Who Remains a fan fiction now. Yes. <laughs> because they are our new gay old couple. Yeah.
0: More like Obi and Victor Timely I feel yeah. like. Right. Yeah.
1: Just think of it this way. This time they're both working on writing different parts of the manual. They don't know which, <laughs> which parts but now there's love letters in there too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, It yes. writes itself. <laughs> the fan fiction writes itself. It writes itself. Or maybe it, you know, informed us and then we informed it. Who knows? Oh.
2: oh. <laughs> and it all depends on on what you mean by it? <laughs> yeah,
0: God <damn> yeah it. <laughs> I'm curious to see if they do end up keeping Jonathan Majors because, like, I do think he's really good in in this role. Which is just with all the oh my God, legal, yes. legal troubles and controversies and everything with with like uh, so, Yeah, he has been in the news. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, if if they if they recast, they recast. Like, I'd rather th- I'd rather they recast Kang than just like write the character off because they really have. And setting him up to be the new big bad, and I it would just feel like a waste to like just not pursue that. I feel absolutely, yeah, but I do like that there is at least this one version of Kang who seems like he's going down the right path, not as dark of a path, and maybe Mm -hmm. actually is is having a redemptive arc, you know, a better path, yes, for sure. So I, I think that that is actually really interesting.
2: I love the way that he goes back and forth though, so fluidly, but he does change a little bit when he notices that they do want me to live so i'd rather stick with them
0: <laughs> yes no 100 mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I actually found myself feeling sorry for victor timely in that first episode yes. where it's like this guy is so confused and like there's just people just screaming at each other and fighting each other and trying to kill him and <laughs> there's like <laughs> two versions
1: of the same god you know fighting each other. there's this weird magic battle they're having and
2: <laughs> there's these wizards <laughs> he keeps taking my shit out of my bag without
0: asking me
1: <laughs>
0: god, i I fucking love so that 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 you know 18 I, I love that whole 1800s episode I think it's such oh a good God, episode yes. but like when they're talking about it, it's like oh it's like are we gonna be able to find Miss Minutes and they pick up a newspaper headline and it's like ghost clock strikes again <laughs> <laughs> it's just like <laughs>
1: what the fuck
0: <laughs> that, that was just so fucking hilarious yes. like, like Miss Minutes is apparently not even trying to like keep a low profile <laughs> <Yeah>. whatsoever
2: <laughs> well
1: the lion does not worry about what the sheep think about them right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fine it's the white city weird, sh- weird stuff was happening there
2: anyways Miss Minutes is that evil aunt you never want coming back to your house again yeah
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Or in my life, I called him Dad.
0: (laughs) Yes. You know, I I got confused at one point because I had forgotten. I was confused for why there was a scene where Loki had to prune his past self. I had to like go back to like the early episodes like oh Oh, you know I guess I guess that did have to happen for this other (laughs) thing like I just got but I was just confused about it because like when he's telling Sylvie oh this will make sense I promise for some reason in the moment I was thinking that they were going to explain that after the fact and then they never went back to that and I I had to like go back into it It was like oh wait no I guess he was just like yeah that's the paradox
1: he was just closing the time loop that had already been begun the explanation before the event that needed explaining (laughs) exactly (laughs)
2: they foreshadowed it in the very beginning when he had to prune himself at the very specific spot.
0: Yeah, I I, I would complain that this show occasionally gets a little bit confusing, but I also think that's just the nature of the show, and in some ways it kind of leans into being confusing, you know? I had to
2: watch it three, four, five times while it was coming on, and I had to go all the way through it last night through this morning, so yes, yes, it gets a little loopy, loopy.
0: I'm glad I'm not the only one, but yeah, I just think it's, I just do just think it's honestly just the nature of this show and just this type of
1: show, you know? it's yeah. Every time you watch it, there's something new yeah it is it is kind of a mystery just what the mystery is is often much stranger but I still say the
0: egg came first it goes back to the science versus the fiction it's like the, yes. the show is not actually interested in the how it's interested in the why but it's more just interested yes. in the emotional journey of it absolutely it's not the why when or who uh, it is who <laughs> yes the who yeah no I actually <laughs> did like that that's really the who it's, yeah because like it, it made it clear it's like look e- even though you might get lost in the specifics of the story of the show if the emotional heart of the characters is for yes. For you, the show is going to work, mm. you yeah. know, like the show is 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 ultimately going to work. And like, I do love that episode, that episode where after after the, the loom is destroyed the first time and everything is destroyed, where Loki starts to time slip and he starts to go into the timeline that all of his friends come from. And he finds out who each of his friends were before they became TVA agents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite one is the reveal that Casey is Frank Morris, the actor. Actual escapee of Alcatraz, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I thought was fucking brilliant. It's like, yeah. okay, so Casey was just Frank Morris, okay? Right. <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Turns out he is not a nobody, but
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: I love seeing his face everywhere. He's so fucking funny. He did FD in Y, I think. What was it? Uh, it was a
0: fire department sitcom, and he was so good in it. Yeah, I don't think I watched that, but uh, I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, here I is U- Eugene, Eugene Cordero. Cordero. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he
1: keeps showing up everywhere, and every time he does, he's massively entertaining. Tacoma FD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tacoma FD. That's what it was.
0: Yeah, I don't think I know that show.
1: It's done
2: by the people that did the um super troopers okay and he's fucking hilarious in it
0: no i i like that this season gave him more to do because he was an entertaining character in season one but i like that he's like really part of the team in this season so yeah i I definitely enjoyed that and same with i I think hunter b15 got more to do and i like seeing her uh, past life as a as a as a doctor I, I loved seeing that Mobius was actually a jet ski salesman because he's been <laughs> obsessed with the idea of a jet ski the whole time. It's like yes. turns out that was something subconsciously from his his past life that you know his his life did once revolve <laughs> around selling jet skis,
2: and he's still trying to sell them until his memory was erased. <laughs> God, I,
1: I yes, love that. It's, it's like just randomly going financing up to is available. Just like oh yeah, you know, you ever thought about getting out of the lake or you know, personal water or <laughs> like looking to giving you a discount. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then
0: seeing Obi's original identity. Like, I, I feel like when, whenever you do storylines like this where you have characters who aren't aware of something and then it's like... You know, it's, it's that trope, like, I see it a lot of, like, okay, this is gonna sound crazy. It's like, I feel like there's gotta be the one character who's like, no, that doesn't sound crazy at all, who just immediately accepts it, so that we, so basically so the storyline can advance, and so we don't get hung up on that. Right. And I think <laughs> having OB be that as as A.D. Doug, you know, the yes. uh, aspiring science fiction author, who's also a physics professor, like... I like it was so, so frustrating. I had to
1: get a day job as a physicist, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I <laughs> I just just thought that that was, yeah, he was was a great, again, OB is a great character, I think AD Doug is just as good of a character, and like, I, I, I just... Again, Kehui Kwan just steals the, the the season for me. But yeah, like I just seeing who all of these TVA agents used to be before mm-hmm. b- b- being brought into the TVA, I thought it was just great.
2: I gotta say, if I was if I was Mobius, I would have wanted
1: to leave for a pack of cigarettes a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're at the point where you have to bargain with a puppy so that one of your sons doesn't help prevent the other from burning house john the exactly <laughs> exactly i know why he left <laughs> uh,
0: i'm not going back fuck them low fuckers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that Mobius uh, at the end of the show also gets to witness the life that he once had yeah. or that he could have had, and and ultimately like lets go of that and, and just like okay, so that there's there's an alternate version of me that has that life. I think at the end of this, you know, and honestly, we don't ever have to see Mobius again in, no. in this franchise, in my opinion, because I think they gave him a good end. I think that that's a good ending for him of him I just agree. going off yeah. to
1: just find out who who is he, you know, outside of the for? TV. I like that he didn't end up running the TVA, And I like that Hunter B. 15 did end up running the TV. It's like, all right, she actually cares about that. Yeah. But yeah, I like that he did just get to go find himself. <laughs> yeah, go find <laughs> let himself. Let time pass by. Yeah, just gonna let some time pass by. While, while mm-hmm. his boyfriend watches over him. That was a good line. <laughs> to be honest,
2: uh, I, last week I was just complaining about tying all the knots n- neatly and how stupid that was. But it fits on this one, okay? (laughs) It's also done a lot faster. There's not 20 minutes of hugging.
1: (laughs) True, true. I
2: hate a southern farewell.
1: I think (laughs) Obi might be the only character who's big on hugging on this show. (laughs) Yes, the Lokis definitely are not.
2: (laughs) Definitely not. Went in for a hug. They stabbed me three times.
0: So I just really enjoyed in that last episode, A, getting to see Loki start to control his time skipping, but then just see the endless time loop where he just tries again and again and again to get mm-hmm. it right. And he just, and it turns out it takes him literally at least centuries, if not longer, from his perspective to finally get there. It's just, it's just a great storyline. Like it, it reminds me of the climax of the Flash movie, although I think this is even probably a better done example of that. I don't know it's just it's just really well done I like the fact that he does become a, a physics expert, and everyone's was <laughs> like, wow, Loki okay. is like, it's like, yeah. it's like uh, uh, a fucking uh, Mopey saying to to is like, oh look out, someone's coming for your job, you know. <laughs> oh come
1: yeah. for your job. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he was.
2: Yep. They put him in a coma. Yep, yep. <laughs> like they did Cordy and Angel, they put him in a coma.
1: <laughs> yep, <laughs> well, they did. Yeah, they did take his job entirely. But uh... Tom Hiddleston
2: isn't cool anymore. He's not sexy. He would. And do one scene without a, without a shirt, so put him in a coma. That's what no. you get for complaining, bitch. I will say,
1: half-jokingly, that they had a scene where his clothes <laughs> all get ripped off his body, and he just had more clothes underneath. Um, yeah. uh, right? <laughs> Bastard deserves to stay in that viney place to where he has to fart
2: to keep everything warm. The outfit underneath was fantastic, but... It was fantastic, but not as fantastic as Tom Hiddleston shirtless, especially with all the cartoon updates, you know, all the all the special effects that they do to their chest now to make it look yummy. How dare you cheat me? I feel cheated. We'll we'll never speak of this again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do like that as he's ascending and as he kind of turns into into a different outfit, like he actually starts to kind of he starts to kind of resemble the Richard E. Grant Loki a little bit. Like he starts to look a little older he to does, me, yes. and I, and I think that he's he like it, it almost felt. I don't think they literally did this, but it almost felt like a face morph between Tom Hiddleston and Richard E. Grant a little bit. Yeah. Um. And and I thought that was actually kind of cool. Yeah. But it's just really interesting. And frankly, this is actually an older Loki than we've seen because again, he has been at this for centuries and centuries. Yes. That yeah. he is actually older from his own perspective. He's, he's just an aged Loki. He's just been living this loop for, you know, who knows how many centuries. He, I'm sure he doesn't know how many centuries
1: at this point. Mm-hmm. He went and sowed his seeds. <laughs> yeah. I like to imagine that he just took like a decade off to bang his head against a wall, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I'm
1: sure he did.
2: <laughs> that would be fitting. Poor Loki. But I really do like the ending that they give him. The The whole, he's called himself a god from the very beginning, and he has to go through, he calls, he calls the TVA's propaganda, he calls... That dogma. Hmm. And then he makes the decision to become the God that he has been saying that he was going to become. But first he had to find out what kind of God am I? Let me test the ways.
1: (laughs) I love that line to Sylvie where it's like, oh, where she says, well, what are we going to do? Play God? And it's like, we are gods. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That pause in
2: between is just hard. We are gods.
0: The ending of the show for me harkens back to the episode in season one where the, the Lokis are trapped at the end of time and the Richard E. Grant Loki is conjuring this amazing, basically conjuring this entire city. And Sylvie says to Loki, how is he doing that? And Loki says, I think we're more powerful than we realize Mm -hmm. and i I think that that ties in with with the end of the show it's like that even even what the richard e grant loki was doing is just a a tiny iota of the potential that that loki Mm -hmm. that the loki's actually have that you know i I think that loki is really only limited by what he believes he can do Mm -hmm. and that's why i think that this is in my opinion, I think this is pretty firmly the ending for the, the Tom Hiddleston Loki, because... I
1: think so, too. Is.
0: There's nowhere else for the character to go after this, no. I
1: feel. He finally achieves both what he stated he wanted and what he really desired. He finally achieved his mm-hmm. art. As he puts it so often, he is burdened by glorious purpose, and now that's finally true. He is yep. an incredibly powerful and important and influential and and grandiose god who is destined to be alone forever in order to finish that godhood
0: (laughs) yeah and that's that's the tragedy of the ending is that they've been talking about the fact that he has really been motivated this whole season by his friends and wanting to protect his friends but also wanting to be with his friends yeah Mm -hmm. and you know talking about the, the kind of him having to separate himself from from that selfishness and, and that's the tragedy is that in order to protect his friends he has to forever be separated from them and he has to yes. forever be alone and that and that is the tragedy of the ending but you know i, I I just I just love that final shot where, you know, there's an ambiguity to to Hiddleston's performance, but there is a certain kind of contentment to it. There is this certain kind of Buddhist enlightened, you know, thing going on at the end of it, too. Like, I don't know. It's just it's a it's a beautiful ending. It's a very bittersweet ending, but it's a beautiful ending. I feel can
2: I be honest how long do you think that's going to last? Loki's not good at sitting steel. He's going to start mixing up the timelines just for shits and giggles.
1: It is there is does seem to be an implication that he's able to see what's going on in the timelines. Mm-hmm. He's watching over Mobius. You you do get that implication. And I do think that if they ever want to, they can have him meddle to some degree. And he might. With the way his arc is played out, I don't think he's going to try and become a crazy tyrant and, you know, throw an army of robots at anybody. But No. There's a tie-in, it's The title is implied and in the comics it's directly stated that Loki becomes the god of stories, which is what this version of the multiverse is. It's branching stories. I also want to say that I find it hilarious that both the in-universe and out-of-universe issue with the MCU at the point was just there's too many stories going on at the same time. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I do think that he'll end up being
2: important whenever it comes to the multiversal war. And I think he can sit there and watch over things until then. Because he's going to need to watch watch it for a while to get acclimated to the power that's the thing about loki once he's acclimated then
0: he gets bored yeah and he's got to find something else to do yeah we'll see i i think that this could definitely be genuinely the last time tom hiddleston plays this role and i think it would be a satisfying ending for it it would be yeah it would yeah i'm not sure like apparently there was an article that was saying that this was going to be his last time playing the character but apparently that that might have been like premature i think that might have been debunked by, by by some by another art so like it's it's a little bit up in the air right now yeah but i'm open to it either way i think there are ways in which they can bring the character back in in the multiversal storyline that could be really cool but i also think it's very possible this is going to be the last time we see him but you know why he had to ascend to the throne is because the person who sits on the throne is always going to be the one that has the best story
1: as told to me by the game of thrones finale (laughs) and who has a better story than Loki.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought it was a good vantage point. (laughs) I thought it was a good vantage point to shit on everybody else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All he really needs is one other person there with him so that he can look through the vastness of all the possibilities of time and make fun of his brother any time that he uh, trips and falls over a rock and no one else was looking. But Loki was. (laughs) Can I just say one thing?
0: I know that this whole show has a green motif because green is Loki's signature color. Yeah. And I do like the green motif, but I just have to say one thing. Key lime pie is not fucking green. Uh, not it is th- green like that. No, no, it's not green like that. that no, if, if anything, it's mostly yellow, maybe with yes. a hint of green
1: at the yes. most. I don't know what, the but fuck it's they mostly were eating, yellow. But that's not key lime pie. That is it's not key lime mo- pie. Yeah. that's grasshopper pie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh.
1: to be fair, and I I do love that the automat has hundreds of choices, but they are all the same pie, which is that's yes. the, that's the TVA. <laughs> In a nutshell, is yeah, we're all going down the same yep. route. Yes. You can order anything, long as it's but pie. To be fair, that's the thing: is that uh, if you're told that that's key lime pie, what are you going to compare it to? That's the only pie we got. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> but yeah, the, the last thing I'll say about Loki's ascension is I, I just I, I think that it was just a really satisfying way to end this series in the sense that I like the fact that instead of having to make the choice between saving the sacred timeline and having it all burn. That they were able to find a way to save the entire multiverse because not only is that a better outcome from a character's perspective within this show, it's also just a more interesting outcome for this phase of Marvel and the multiverse. Mm-hmm. I think it's more interesting to have the entire multiverse still be active and not just have the secret timeline be it. Well, I think we're ready to go into our overall thoughts and our score of 1 out of 10. And I'll go and say that I think that this was a really, really good season. I don't know if I think... I, I go back and forth between this and, and Season 1. Like I, I think Season 1 for me was overall better just because I think that Season 1 started off strong and it was just as good the entire time. Like I, I think it, 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 it peaked with that, that episode with all the Lokis at the end of time. But that's just a personal favorite of mine, but I think every single episode is great. I do think there is something to be said that maybe this season was a little bit slow in the first half. And as I was to say that the pacing was good, but it didn't necessarily grab me immediately mm-hmm. like the first season did. But and, and I also do feel again that because it focuses so much on the Tom Hiddleston Loki I think the ensemble characters all kind of had the same level of import so be, because of that characters like Sylvie who I think were like really main characters in the first season I think were a little bit sidelined this season but still had good moments overall but I think that the second half of this season the season really kicks into gear, and especially the last two episodes, I think yeah. were fucking awesome. Absolutely. And I think easily, you know, a match or exceed a lot of what season one did. So overall, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go nine out of ten. I think that, especially because of how well it stuck the landing, and I I do think that this is probably one of the most interesting shows that the MCU has been doing on Disney Plus. uh, Overall, like it's because they really hit a great sweet spot that I think that they should try to hit more often. Which is this show stands really well on its own, but it also adds really interesting texture to the overall arc of the MCU with all the movies in all of the shows and because of that I think that it is probably the best show that they've done so again there's a little bit of a distinction between best and favorite sometimes I don't know if it's my favorite show but it is very high up there but I think it might well be the best show that they've done and and I'm saying that looking at both of the seasons together but season 2 specifically I'm gonna give a 9 out of 10.
2: Uh, Season 2 was really well done I felt like it was uh, that typical sci-fi that we we look for you know it was very comic book sci-fi and it was fun. I felt like it was a little too dramatic in, in uh, points. The first two episodes, as I was watching it, as it would come out every week, the first two episodes, almost I was almost kind of done with it because it felt a little slower. But then I watched them together when the third one came out and I was like, okay, okay, this it's a good deal build it's just that it always ended with some type of but wait there's more (laughs) (laughs) with every episode and i have no patience on waiting for the next week Uh, Will I watch this again? Probably not. It was entertaining going through, and I enjoyed it, but I probably won't watch it again. So for that, I
1: give it an 8 out of 10. For me, this is just a fantastic continuation. I do agree that it started a little bit slow, and I do agree that the focus on the ensemble... I, I like that it focused on the ensemble, but did kind of leave some character arcs. Perhaps is not quite as fulfilled. Renslayer did leave pretty abruptly when she was finally, uh, defeated once for all. It was very abrupt and kind of without fanfare. Sylvie's arc was mostly just enjoying the life that she won, um... With that said, it's still a compelling sci-fi show. It had you always eager to see what happens next with fantastic performances across the board. Uh, This is some of my favorite work from Tom Hiddleston I've ever seen. And the arc for his version of Loki was just amazing. I, I love where that ended up. It is such a bittersweet, but also such a perfect ending. I agree that this season was not perfect, but it's still, in my opinion, just wonderful. Uh, so I am also going to give it a nine out of ten.
0: Woo-hoo. All right, awesome. Yeah, definitely excited to see where the MCU goes forward from here. Uh, yeah, hopefully the clickbait articles aren't actually true and that the MCU isn't just over. And it's not. I mean, it's,
1: it's <laughs> again, job.
0: we've we've got we still got plenty of shows coming out. We've got Deadpool three coming out, and like the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Like I'm sure all of those are still going to come out and everything. It's just <laughs>
1: they yeah, I think there might be re- re- reworked their. Strength. Strategy, but it's it's not yes. dying.
0: I think just reduce the overload of content. I think that's the best thing that they can do. Yes. You know, because I think people are just getting oversaturated right now. They Absolutely. are. Well, uh, speaking of oversaturation, we've been doing a lot of Hunger Games lately, but we're going <laughs> to be doing that again next week because the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes did just come out. So we're going to go ahead now that people have gotten a chance to see the movie. We're going to review Ooh. Hunger Games: Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So stay tuned for that episode next week. Uh, Liz, what would you do if you were like the god in charge of like all the multiverse and all the the strands of it?
2: There would be a universe of nothing but bacon and eggs, and they would <laughs> sing and dance all day long. And I would just go there and have dinner, except dinner would be babies.
0: <laughs> what about the uh, what about the the universe in the uh, the the, the Buffy verse that's just shrimp? Shrimp, it's just shrimp. But <laughs> shrimp.
1: Yes, uh, Zach, th- how do you think you would use this power? Hour. I probably would not make the shrimp universe. That sounds very tempting for like a second, but it also feels like something that the minute I make it, I'll be like, why did I do that? Who's idea was this? <laughs> <laughs> nerd shit is edited by the three of us as well as sharon d wilson our music is composed by sam wilson hey that's me you can follow us on all social media platforms at the nerd shit pod that's facebook instagram tiktok and x all at the nerd shit pod make sure that you're subscribed to nerd shit anywhere you listen to your podcasts
0: don't forget to leave us a review and a star rating and tell all your friends about us like
2: a nice cult Spread us around like herpes.
0: Nerd shit, nerd shit. So strap on in because we're talking about the nerd shit. Stay shitty, nerds.